Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. I'm sure you've heard this said before, but we are our own worst enemy. Uh, we might think, you know, that that person who may have uh, taken advantage of us in the past or even an abusive relationship that we've been in the past, that enemy doesn't compare to the enemy of our own selfish self. We tempt ourselves, uh, we lie to ourselves at time and, and times, and we certainly steer ourselves down the wrong path most often. But if we learn to die to that old self, to that addictive self, to that angry or worrisome self, we learn to die to our old self, we will find a new life and a new version of ourselves that we could have only dreamed of. So listen in the next three weeks and learn how we can die to ourselves and start living a much better life as a result. So we're going to start off on a three, um, three Sunday series on the topic of dying to yourself, which is a secret to living. And uh, you're going to see here a, a graphic. I don't mean it. It's just accidental. It looks kind of like Halloween. It has nothing to do with Halloween. But why not? Why not celebrate that we're dying to ourselves so that we can truly live for Jesus? This is a, uh, a topic that I don't think we talk about much in church, and we should. We, we really should. So three weeks, we're going to talk about this. And the third week is, you know, I'm kind of getting my sales pitch mixed up here. I should be telling you why you want to die to yourself <laughs> so that it's appealing. And then you say, oh, okay, yeah, I want to do that. Well, I'm going to save that until the third week. But even today, as I'm going through this, I believe you're going to see the benefits of dying to yourself so that you can really, really live an abundant life, an exciting life, a full life. But we got to get our get, get rid of our old selves first. So throughout this, just to kind of level set and get a definition here that we can all kind of focus in on, um, whenever I talk about the flesh, all right, if you've read the Bible any period of time, you will find that in the New Testament, there's this topic of the flesh, all right? So whenever I'm talking about the flesh, I'm talking about the old you, the you that you wish you could get rid of, the you that you wish you could bury <laughs> in an unmarked grave so that you never resurrect this old person ever again. It's the addictive you. It's the angry you. It's the selfish you. It's the you that messes up. It's the part of you that, that's insecure. It's the you that's, that's gossipy. It's the you that's lustful. It's the you that has all kinds of vices and, and, and weaknesses. Don't you wish you could get rid of that part of you? Yes. Well, through Christianity, through the gospel, through Jesus, you can actually die to that part of you that you wish you could get rid of anyways. God gives you the power to get rid of the old you. And so we'll be referring to that, you, as the flesh, as the old selfish self that, uh, that you don't like anyways, and nobody else likes it either. <laughs> so we want to die to ourselves. And in fact, I will say this, your flesh, your old selfish self, is your worst enemy. Have you ever heard somebody say that before? You're your own worst enemy. And it's true. I'm my worst enemy. I don't, you know what? I'm more of an enemy to myself than I think the devil is. Or than somebody who hates me is. 
I trip myself up more than anybody else could ever trip me up. And remember how we were talking about David and Goliath and there, that little pipsqueak David, he walks up to what we think nowadays was about nine feet, nine inch tall giant. You know who that giant really is? It's you. It's your selfish self. It's your flesh. It's a part of you that needs to come down. You are your own worst enemy. And I'll mention just a couple of other little tidbits before we jump into this. But your flesh is the mouthpiece of the enemy right to you. If you take your flesh out of the, out of the equation, your old self out of the equation, you really can't even hear the lies of the enemy hardly anymore. You can't hear the threats of the enemy coming against you. Why? Your flesh is the mouthpiece of the devil himself into your soul. And if we can take care of your flesh, if I can take care of my flesh and get it out of the way, kill it, so to speak, as we'll be talking about, or crucifying it, then you won't even hear a lot of the threats and the lies and the reminders of your past, of your regrets. Can you imagine if all that was shut down and you didn't have to listen to that mess anymore? Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's what we're going to talk, be talking about. So maybe this is a sales pitch. Has this whet your appetite enough to say, you know what? I think I do want to listen about this. I think I do maybe want to learn how to do this. Well, going back to this point that our flesh is the mouthpiece of the enemy. Look at this in Mark 8.33. Now, Peter, remember Peter? He's the, he was one of the key, uh, key disciples. He followed Jesus so closely that everywhere Jesus went, Peter was there with him. And Jesus had just told his disciples, look, I'm about to die. <laughs> but I will be raised in, in, three, in three days. I'm going to die. And Peter says to him, Jesus, he says, Jesus, that's not going to happen to you. You're the Messiah. You're the promised one. You're going to be the new king of Israel. So don't be saying those dumb things, Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and he rebukes Peter. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. See, through Peter's flesh, Satan was talking to Jesus. <laughs> through the flesh of your friends, a lot of times you'll hear things that will devastate you. They will discourage you. They will pull you down. Hey, watch the news and you'll even get some, some things that'll, that'll pull you down. A lot of things. But if you're only interested in mere human things, you're going to be hearing a lot of, of things that are going to pull you down. Look at this in Galatians 5.17. It says, For the flesh, the old selfish self, desires what's contrary to the spirit. What spirit are we talking about here? The Holy Spirit of God. So the flesh wants one thing. The Holy Spirit wants something totally different. The spirit... Is, and they're contrary to one another. Have you ever had a battle inside of yourself, that proverbial little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other shoulder, and they're going to, to battle inside of you? Guess what? That little devil inside of you, so to speak, your flesh, it needs to die. It needs to die. Because when it's dead, you can't hear it anymore. 
So we are in a battle inside of ourselves, and I believe every single person can identify with this. You're trying to do something that you, sh- you know, you're trying to avoid something that you need to avoid. You want to do the right thing, but you end up doing the wrong thing. Have you ever experienced that before? I'm sure all of us have. There's a battle inside of yourself. Look, you have ideas that you've built up over time that are simply wrong. They're wrong. Like they're just, they're going to lead you down the wrong path. Those ideas need to be put to death in our minds. All right. You have attitudes. I have attitudes that I am sick and tired of this bad attitude that trips me up. An attitude that tells me you can't do it, Steve. It's too hard. So just give up. That's an attitude that needs to die. It's the old selfish self talking to me. All right. There's fears that motivate you that need to be done away. There are uh, secret addictions that you and I, we run to whenever we have this escapist attitude. You know, the world's caving in. We're sick and tired of everything. And we run to our secret addiction. Some people run and go shopping with their credit card and they have no business doing that. Some people run into the pantry and go get a bunch of snacks and start just stuffing their faces. I'm one of those people. You have your secret addictions that you run to. Let me tell you what, those things have got to go. They've got to go. They're battling inside of you. You've got habits and behaviors. You've got triggers. And we've talked about this a little bit lately. You've got triggers, certain words, certain memories, certain things that you see or hear, and they trigger you. Guess what? God wants to get, you, get rid of those triggers inside of you. So you see it, you remember it, you hear it, and it doesn't do a single solitary thing to you. There's even things in your personality. You say, Steve, that's just who I am. That's how I've always been. And God says, you know what? I want to change your personality. I want to change how and who you are. God wants you to die to the old self, including even certain personality traits. We really can't overcome these things in our lives until we overcome the self that's causing us to be that way. Isn't that crazy? Your very own flesh, as the Bible calls it. Now, listen to this. Now, my son is the one that told me this one, and I will never forget it. All right. He said, you know what? You can either let's just put it into perspective. Let's say you're in your house at night and somebody breaks into your house and they're going to kill your family. All right. They've got a gun. You've got a gun. This guy points his gun at you and starts shooting at you. What do you do? Do you try to shoot his bullets down or do you shoot him so he'll stop shooting at you? And this was the example Cole gave me. He said, a lot of times it seems like I'm trying to shoot the bullets down instead of trying to shoot the person that's shooting the bullets at me. Now, we're not talking about a physical, actual person, but the enemy is shooting negativity at you, and he's shooting uh, doubt at you and hopelessness at you and condemnation and shame and memories, and you keep trying to shoot those ideas down instead of shooting the flesh down that's talking to you. Do you get what I'm saying? It's exhausting to try to fight every thought that comes into your mind, but when you realize your thoughts are coming from the old selfish self and then you can get rid of that old selfish self, 
you don't even have to fight those thoughts anymore. Isn't that wonderful? That's the power that God wants to to give you and enable and empower you with. All right, so our flesh has got to go. She got to go. (laughs) You got to get rid of it. All right? Now, let me tell you something that's been eye-opening to me over the last couple of months. Listen to this statement. Jesus died so that you would die. (laughs) We always like to say, Jesus died to give me new life, and he did. But first, he died. Actually, the way that it worked, he died so that you you would die, and he was raised to life so that you would have the new life, the life of your of your wildest dreams. But first, you got to say Jesus died so that Steve Norman would die, and then I can be raised to a new eternal life. In this life, you don't have to have this deferred satisfaction of heaven. Believe me, heaven is going to be amazing. But I used to always think, well, nothing really good is going to happen until I get to heaven. So I guess I got to just suck it up and bear it and get get with it. You know what? But no, God gives you eternal life in this lifetime. He gives you the life of your dreams in this lifetime. He wants to bless you while you're still alive. There's this really cool verse that says, I am convinced I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I don't have to wait till heaven to have a bunch of good stuff happen in in me and for me. All right. But Jesus died so that I would die. And let me, here's a newsflash. There's a part of each of us and part of you that God isn't going to save. He's not going to save. There's part of you that needs to die. He is never going to save your flesh. He wants it dead. And actually, we want it dead as well. I always, we struggle. God, save my whole self. And God says, "Uh uh-uh. There's a part of you that needs to be done away with through the cross that Jesus died on. That's, a, that's amazing to me. There's a part of you that God is going to be merciless against, and it's our flesh. And that's why we struggle so long and so hard. We're, we're fighting for our flesh, and Jesus is saying, I am not going to have your flesh saved. It needs to go. God wants to get rid of it, and we do too. In fact, the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood can't inherit it. The old part of ourself needs to be done away with. Now look at this. In Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to a crowd. He says, enter in through the narrow gate. All right. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many go through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Now, I want to give you a, a visual because I, I like seeing things and understanding things. But you and I were carrying this big old backpack. It's all our baggage. It's the skeletons in the closet. It's the regrets and the temptations and all this stuff. We're carrying our backpack. We get up to this gate, and it's narrow. And so we want to squeeze through the gate, but you know what? We can't get through because this backpack is so stinking big. It's just not back this way, but it's wide, and it's high, and it's big, and it's heavy. 
And so we try, we kind of get sideways and try to get through and down and get on our knees and do every which way. You can't get through that narrow gate because you got to get rid of your baggage. You got to get rid of your baggage. Call it sin, call it wrongdoing, call it regrets, mistakes, weaknesses. Take the bag off and you can get through that narrow gate and you can stay on that narrow pathway. God wants you to get rid of your old self. With his help, you can. With your help, with his help, you can. See, you can't have spiritual things while you're living in your fleshly self. It's just not going to happen. You try to have faith in God. God, I'm going to have faith in you. Or I'm going to try to love people. And you say, but I can't. I don't feel it. I don't feel like I have faith. I don't feel like I have peace or joy or all of these important spiritual things. You know why? Because you're still living in your old selfish self. I've had people saying, I've said myself, it's so hard to believe God, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, don't you experience it? Like he promises this, but pff, is he going to actually do it? And when is he going to do it? How is he going to do it? I have a hard time believing God. You know why we have a hard time believing God? Because we're living in our flesh. We're living in our old selfish self. But as soon as we say, I am getting rid of this old me, I, I'm going to crucify it to the cross, as we'll talk about in just a second. I am, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> and I'm going to do something about it. And I'm going to get rid of this heavy load. Let me tell you what. You can start believing God. You can start having peace in your life. You can start being happy beyond all happiness that you've ever had in your life. You're going to experience freedom. Why? Because these are spiritual things that only come as you live with your spiritual God. Because by the, the Bible says, and God says, I am spirit. Amen. If we're living in this old fleshly self, you're never going to be able to enjoy the spiritual benefits that God wants to give you. Look at this in Romans 8, 7 through 8. It says, uh, the Apostle Paul says to the Roman church, he says, The mind governed by the flesh. Okay, here, this mind, all right, this gray matter that's governed by the flesh, it's hostile towards God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. There it is, black and white, straight from the word of God and straight from the experience that I've had. And I imagine many of you have had as well. So whenever you talk about fasting, let me tell you what. If there's something that has completely confused me, the Bible talks about fasting. What is fasting? It's where you say, I'm going to not do something or I'm not going to eat something. I, I'm going to put something aside for a period of time. could be hours. could be days. could be longer. And you say, I am going to focus in on getting to know Jesus better. And I'm sick. this problem is overwhelming me, and so I'm going to fast. Well, now I'm beginning to understand this a lot more as I'm understanding the things of the flesh. You know what? When I fast, I've got the flesh in my crosshairs. <laughs> I'm pinpointing me and I'm saying, I am, I'm going to put myself aside and I'm going to put Jesus on the throne of my life for X period of time. And I'm, I'm going to focus in on him. This is victory. 
when your flesh gets out of the way and you've put it aside with all its addictive behavior and stupidity and arguing with your spouse or whatever it is that you do, you get it out of the way, that's victory, my friend. You're starting to win when this happens. And he or she, the old you, is finally beginning to lose. You're dying to that self, and you're crucifying your flesh. Well, let's look. Again, today is just kind of an introductory. A bunch of bits and pieces that I'm throwing at you is I, these are things that I've just been recently learning myself and applying, and I'm seeing they work. I would never come to you with something that's theoretical, and yeah, the Bible says it, but I don't practice it. <laughs> You know, what a waste of time that would be. This stuff works. It's worked for me. I've put it into practice. You need and we need to experiment with the Bible. Experiment with it. Try it out. See if it works. And, And then if it doesn't work exactly, go back to God and say, God, your word says this, but it didn't work out quite right. What am I doing wrong? And God starts showing you and he starts coaching you. Let me tell you something. God is not your referee. He's your coach. <laughs> a lot of people, and I, I include a thought, God was there with a whistle waiting for me to mess up, to blow the whistle, to throw me out of the game. God is your coach. He's on your side. Do coaches yell at you sometimes? You bet you. Do they get on you, jump on your case? Absolutely. But you know they, they have their best intentions for you. That's Jesus. And that was revealed to me several years ago. Man, when I was, I was like, God, I, I, I want, you know, I want a mentor. I want somebody to guide me and lead me and be there. And I felt the Lord tell me, can I be your coach? <laughs> can I be your mentor? God wants to help you. He wants to talk to you every single day. He's not distant. He's close to you. He loves you. He cares for you. You'll never give. He will never throw in the towel for you. He believes in you. He knows you can do it. And he wants to help you do it, whatever it is. Which in this case is getting rid of your old self. Now look at this in Colossians 2.15. Oh man, this is so awesome. The Apostle Paul says to the Colossian church, he says, that Jesus has disarmed powers and authorities. What are powers and authorities? Demons, spirits, ghosts, all the negativity that tries to come against you. He has disarmed it. In other words, and in the Greek, this literally is what this means. He's taken its armor off. He's taken the armor off of powers and authorities, exposing these powers and authorities, and he's made a public spectacle of them, triumphing. Triumphing. That means to be victorious, to win. Over them by what? The cross. Let's unpack this just really quick. Satan's armor that makes him so strong against you, the enemy. I'll tell you what. Believe me, I believe in God. And if you believe in God, you have to believe in evil, in Satan, in demon. You have to. You can't believe in one at the exclusion of the other. It just doesn't make any sense, and it goes completely against the account that we see in the Bible. But anyways, the devil is armed, his armor. It's thick. You can't get through it. You know what it is? He is armored with your flesh. His strong suit is your very flesh. 
And Jesus came and died on the cross and stripped him of your flesh. So he has no more power over you, your mind, your thoughts, your outcomes. He stripped him. He disarmed him and left him vulnerable for you to attack him and take him down just as David took Goliath down. Isn't that something else? Here's another example of this. In Luke eleven twenty two. it says, But when someone stronger than a demonic power, okay, when someone stronger comes and attacks him and overpowers him, that man takes away his armor. Let me tell you what. When you start dying to your old self, you are going to be more have more power over your own emotions, your thoughts, your future. You're not going to have those mental battles as strongly as you've had in the past. God has given you authority and power over all the power of the enemy. That's what the Bible tells us. But not until your flesh is done away with. Not until your flesh is done away. We, we can't walk in the flesh and enjoy the benefits of the spirit. We've got to step out of there and come over here and start living different lives, empowered lives. God has given you a unique power to take away the weapons the enemy uses to, against you, and it's your very own flesh. The devil is a tempter, he's a liar, he's a thief, he's a destroyer, and he's active in your life every moment of every day. Don't you think for a minute that those negative thoughts come from you. He's, he's using your flesh as a mouthpiece to get you down, to tear you down. I'll tell you a struggle I've had all my life, and God has given me power over this and authority. My whole life, from the time I was young, 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 I had this voice in my head that says, you can't do it. Whatever it was. You can't make A's in school. You can't make friends. You can't do this big project. And then when I got into starting college, same thing. You can't do it. I'm battling this thought day in and day out, constantly going in my mind. Then I got a job. You can't do it. You can't do it. Fortunately, I didn't stop and just listen to it. I always just tried. It just made me like, all right, yeah, I can do it, you know. And, but it's nagging thought. Well, let me tell you what. As I've gotten closer to Jesus and farther from myself, I don't even hear that voice anymore. You have your voices in your head, too. And some people literally hear voices in their head, which is a bummer. <laughs> but you know what? You get away from yourself and you get into Jesus. Those voices get quieter and quieter. Those temptations get weaker and weaker. And Jesus makes you stronger and stronger. Why? Because you're dying to your old self. And if you say, well, I don't know how to do that. Hey, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk exactly how you can die to yourself. But first... Is this dying to self even a biblical concept? Well, I hope after some of the verses that I've shared with you, you're starting to think, yeah, this is a biblical. I tell you, I would never share anything with you that I don't think is biblical. That would be a terrible crime on my part in a church as a pastor. But Luke 17, let's go through some of these scriptures here. And if you don't get the texts throughout the week, let me know. These scriptures will come to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday with a, a, a quick 
kind of call to action that can charge you through that day and show you where to read in the Bible. So see me if you don't get those. Luke 17, 33, it says, Whoever tries to keep their life, Jesus says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. All right? But whoever loses their life will preserve it. Wow. And I've got, man, I wish I would have written this down. Mike Tyson and Steve Jobs said some interesting. Now, Mike Tyson's still alive, but I don't know. He's, he's thinking he's not going to last very long. So he's starting to say some pretty profound things in some interviews that he's, uh, that he's been having. Steve Jobs, who did pass away, the Apple, the founder and CEO of Apple, he said some really interesting things right before he passed away that I'll, 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 I'll bring them next Sunday. But for people like these two individuals that I've just talked about who try to hold on to their life, they lose their life. But the person who says, I am sick and tired of being the person that I am. I want to be the person Jesus wants me to be. They're going to find their life. And if you look in the Greek, which is what the the New Testament was, was written in, the original Greek of this word loses literally means to kill or destroy. So it's not just like, oh, I dust myself of my old life. No, I want it dead. (laughs) I want my old self gone. I don't want to ever see myself in that light again. I want to be done, done, done. There was this this missionary to South America. Never forget what he told me. He was a funny guy. He was a little kind of short Italian, uh, pretty big And he said, he was funny, he had a real kind of thick Italian accent, American guy, but he said, you know what, Steve, I gave up my life to be a missionary. I gave up my life. And I don't know, it just struck me so, so different. This guy literally, he said, I'm giving up my life to do the life that God wants me to do. Wow. Something else. But just a couple of more thoughts as we end up here. Galatians 2.20. Here, now I could have given you this as the very first scripture, and you would have said, all right, you're right, the Bible says it. But I'm putting it in the middle here, so that it kind of anchors what we're talking about. The Apostle Paul says to the Galatian church, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. He doesn't say his flesh. He just goes ahead and says, I, all of me. All of the entirety of my personality has been crucified with Christ. You know what? I no longer live, but instead, Christ is living in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. There it is. This is biblical. This is the way Jesus wants us to live. Now, you go to a church that's teaching prosperity and you're going to be blessed, which God is. God prospers. God blesses undoubtedly, without a doubt. But if that's all you hear, you're not going to hear much of dying to yourself. But let me tell you what, you start dying to yourself, you're going to have spiritual prosperity all over the place. Blessings all over the place. But first comes this this dying to self and I when are we going to get a belly full of ourselves you know when are we going to get sick and tired of being the way that we are tired of being tripped up over and over again it's time for us to die to ourselves some some scriptures just to finish up here this morning Galatians 5 24 those who belong to Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions 
and desires. I have passions and desires that are bad. You have passions and desires that are, that are bad. Let's put to death the source of all of these temptations that we, we even tempt ourselves. I don't know. I'm sure you've done that before. You just tempt yourself and get yourself into trouble. Galatians 6.14, it says, uh, again, Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Boy, that, that can you imagine? I want you to just imagine Jesus being pinned to the cross. Couldn't move. Couldn't breathe. He was pinned to the cross. Can you imagine taking your old self and pinning it, crucifying it, trapping it to where it can't ever get back at you again? Wouldn't that be absolutely gloriously wonderful that you didn't have to have this mouthpiece of Satan screaming in your thoughts day in and day out, waking you up in the morning, waking you up in the middle of the night, driving you crazy. Have you ever wanted to just turn your thoughts off? You say, I wish I could turn my brain off so I wouldn't have to think what I'm thinking. I know all of us have experienced that. Let me tell you, that's your flesh. Those vexing thoughts that keep going over and over and over again. God wants to set you free from that. But more than that, he wants to set you free from the source of that. Romans 6, 6, it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him. Was. I love that. It was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Those are harsh words, and I love them. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Slaves to sin. Now, I don't know if you've ever walked across a river in a lake and you've gotten a leech on you. Have you ever gotten a leech got little leeches sometimes I think I got one about that big I was freaking out this thing sucking my blood Ah, you know I want to get this thing off how do I do it and of course I just rip it off which is a bad thing to do but you know what sin is a leech it leeches onto you and it starts just sucking the life out of you but what if you died the leech would die too it would just fall off And sin loses its power over you when your flesh dies. It has no host. It has nothing to latch on to because the old you is gone and sin cannot latch on to a person who's living in Jesus. It can't do it. It can't do it. So this is good news for us. 2 Corinthians 4.11, it says, For we are alive, excuse me, For we who are alive are always being given over to death. Always being given over to death. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. (laughs) This, unfortunately, is a lifelong discipline of taking your selfish self, your old self, your flesh, and putting it down, crucifying it daily. In fact, Jesus said, um, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily, daily. Following Jesus and mortifying the old selfish self is a daily exercise. Some days it's easier than others. Some days your flesh is alive and crawling all over you, for lack of a better descriptive term, until the evening when you finally said, enough, you're crucified with Christ. I'm not listening to you anymore. But he says, we're alive 
always are being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. See, when you give up your old self, Jesus gives you a new self. The self of your dreams, a successful self, a a happy self, a a self who's self-controlled, a self that that glorifies God, a self that's thankful. Have you ever wondered, why can't I be more grateful? I wish I were more thankful. Let me tell you, you get into Jesus and you get rid of your old self. You're going to be thanking God all day, every day for everything. Because thankfulness is a spiritual attitude. It doesn't come in the flesh. All right? But look at this. The new self. You're going to be happy instead of sadness. You're going to be have well-being instead of sickness. And I'm talking about especially mental and emotional sickness. All right? You're going to be uh, have friendship instead of this horrible feeling of separation. Confidence instead of insecurity. Humility instead of isolating pride. Uh, peace instead of turmoil. Faith instead of fear. These are the things that are come, going to come in your new life in Jesus. Love instead of hate and unforgiveness. Adventure instead of boredom. And that one's for me. I hate being bored. I hate it. All right. And I've found more adventure in Jesus than anywhere else I've ever been. He does things that shock me, surprise me, takes, takes me places I could have never gone on my own. With Jesus, you're going to have the most adventurous life you've ever had. There's this guy that I knew. Older man, he'd been all over the world and all kinds of things. And this younger guy said, hey, how do you do it? I mean, and you know what the older guy told him? He said, I always said yes. When God said do something, I always said yes. You're going to have adventures. And if you're not the adventurous type, then God is going to give you a nice, serene, quiet, boring life. No, just joking. Not true. First Peter 4 promise you almost done here first peter 4 verses 1 through 2 it says therefore since christ suffered christ suffered do you know that jesus suffered in his body you arm yourself with the same attitude what you want me to suffer (laughs) because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin as a result, they do not live the rest of their li- earthly lives with evil human desires, but rather with this desire to do the will of God. So let's get real practical now, because we could walk out of here. Hey, that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I want to die to myself. But how do I do that? <laughs> what, what steps do I take? So let's look at this verse and answer that question very quickly, how do you begin the dying process? What a weird, <laughs> what a weird question, right? How do you begin the dying, the, the dying process? And I'll tell you this. Use your current situation of suffering that everyone has. Everybody's suffering somewhere. You've got something that's bugging you, that's driving you crazy. It could be a family member. It could be something at work, a boss, financial situation, a divorce. Your kids are going haywire. You've got a physical problem. You're lonely. You take your own personal suffering and use it to your advantage to begin the dying process. Look at this. I'll give you five steps, and I'll throw them up here on the screen, all right? First, Let suffering push you closer to God and farther from yourself. 
Let your suffering, every time you think of that suffering thing, that thing you wish you could control, you could change, you can't, let it push you towards God and away from yourself. Now, I've heard all my life, you know, use your problems to get closer to God. That's part of it. But it's also leaving yourself behind in the process. Don't come closer to God dragging your old self. Come on, God, save us both. (laughs) You know, no, leave it behind. Leave him or her behind and come closer to God. Just you without your old garbage. All right. So that's number one. Use your problems to push you closer to God and farther from your old self. Secondly, Learn what God is trying to teach you. Let me tell you what, when you learn something from God, you are unlearning something that you've held on to, a belief that you've held on to forever. You know, um, if, if God, I'm going to give you this, a good friend of mine, I'll never forget him saying this. God had freed him from suspicions. No, from superstitions. That's what it was, from superstitions. And by the way, I heard another person tell me that same thing the other day. We all tend to be superstitious, but some people are super superstitious, okay? So when God shows you not to be superstitious, he's teaching you, he's unlearning all the superstitious stuff. So if you're not trying to avoid a crack on the, on the walkway or a black cat or whatever your superstitions are, you're unlearning something to learn something else. So if God is trying to teach you to trust him, you're unlearning worry. You see, it's you're letting go of one to taking hold of something else. If God is teaching you to not be angry, he's trying to teach you to be happy. So let go of the anger and learn to be happy and content. Okay, if he's trying to teach you to not be such a control freak, Then he's saying, all right, let go of your control and let me teach you how to trust me. You see what I mean? The learning process is an unlearning process as well. So use this. Let let your suffering teach. Go to God in your suffering and say, God, would you please show me what you're trying to teach me? (laughs) A lot of times your suffering seems totally unrelated to the lesson that God's trying to teach you. But let him show you what he's trying to teach you. That's number two. Number three, I like this. Rinse and repeat daily. I learned that from, a, from my IT brethren that I used to work with. Rinse and repeat. What does that mean? Do it over and over and over again. <laughs> Do it daily. You know, use the suffering to teach you daily. And someday you're going to learn your lesson and God is going to take care of your problem. And it's going to be gone. But let me tell you, then you'll have another problem. <laughs> Life is full of problems. I've come to learn that. Number four is stop looking for relief, all right, and look for victory. In our suffering, we're pleading with God, God, give me some relief. I'm miserable. I'm pressured. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy. And you're just looking for relief. When that day of relief comes, don't say, oh, okay, all right, I'm good. No, no, no. Look for victory. You know, David could have gone up to Goliath and Goliath could have backed up away from him a little bit and David could have felt relieved. You know what David did? He just ran at Goliath even harder and he took him down. So stop looking for relief in your life and look for a final victory in your life. And lastly, 
Let God change who you are through this process. Uh, I've been going through a 12, now almost 13 month struggle. All right. I was laid off back in December. No job still. Stress, misery, talking to God, praying to God, yelling at God a couple of times, miserable. And you know what? About three months ago, I was expressing myself to God, saying how miserable I was in this situation. And you know what God told me? He said, Steve, I'm trying to change you. (laughs) I'm trying to change you. He wants to change you. In dying to yourself, he's going to change you. He's going to make you into a better version of you. And so through, in dying to yourself, you're saying, I'm going to allow myself to be changed. I'm going to allow myself to be changed. Last scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3. And it's just kind of, it doesn't really pull everything together, but it's something for you to consider this week as you're attempting this process of dying to yourself with the help of Jesus. In Jeremiah 3, 33, Jeremiah says, or God says, actually, call to me and I will answer you and I will reveal to you mysterious secrets about which you are unaware. (laughs) All right? As you're dying to yourself, you're saying, God, show me something that I don't know. Give me perspective. Get me up on a higher place that I can look down and see the big picture, you know? Do that, and God is going to answer. He's going to show you great and hidden things, mysterious things that you don't know. Let's pray. 